Oh, now I'm officially on. Okay. We were sitting here having some uh, before show patter. I've got I've got a whole bank of engineers in here. Wade's here. Dr. Scott Shalloway's here. I'm here. I'm Richard Pollock. This is Radio Science News. I'm going to just let the music play, and we're going to we're going to just jive over here. This is too much fun to stop. And besides, good. Hey, I think I hear uh, Robert Strong already logged in at the other end. Yes, you do. And as I, we were just talking about illegal aliens in Fred Abdallah's prison. So I always want to wait till the last maraca goes. Now listen for the last maraca player here. Did you hear that? That was a legal alien. <laughs> that was recorded, I think, uh, for the sound samples in uh, Apple's program called uh, GarageBand, which I used to compose that. So, good morning. This is Radio Science News on 1370 WVLY Radio from the funplex of uh, Wheeling, Moundsville. And, and as I said, uh, I've got Dr. Scott Shalloway handing off the uh, the comm. That, that's kind of what they say in the Navy and stuff, right? Take yep. over the comm to Wade. And uh, we're going to uh, get started here in a second. Before we do anything, I'm going to send out some phone numbers so that you can be uh, prepared for preemptive calling. You can call in the local area, 232-8255, 232-8255, and toll-free from anywhere at 1-866-926-8255. I'm going to say that one more time very slowly because of the beginning three numbers, 1-866-926-8255. If you accidentally dialed 800, I can't even begin to tell you where you would end up. It, it would be a scary thing. Uh, all tell cell phones are, I think, are still working at pound thirteen seventy. All of those things kind of link together. Talk radio thirteen seventy WVOI. This is Radio Science News. And uh, Robert, good morning to you. Hey there. Uh, could you uh, would you tell us where in the world you are? Today? Where in the world am I? Well, you know what? Um, I for for those uh, Radio Science News listeners that have uh, listened for the last couple months, uh, you know that the. Uh, uh, the West Virginia Handle on Science program that my 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 wife leads here in the the Northern Panhandle uh, is being expanded to the entire state, uh, and so so all 55 counties of West Virginia are 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 going to uh, soon have uh, you know in the next year or two uh, will soon have uh, hands-on science kits and all the the neat things that that go along with that. So we have to have uh, several workshops and. Um, to make this happen, and uh, uh, being that the nice folks from all over West Virginia have come up to the Wheeling area uh, to do the last two workshops, we thought that it was only fair that uh, we would come down to the uh, the a wonderful uh, capital of West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, and do one of the workshops down here for the so it's not as far for them to to, to drive. So we're here with about. Uh, about about 40 teachers, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade teachers, and uh, they're learning all the neat things that we have to do to to send this statewide. And 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 these aren't the only teachers that are going to do this. These are just just the uh, the teachers that are going to uh, start it off in their regions. And uh, so I'm down here helping out with the workshop and uh, eating good food and oh, wait just a having a blast. Well, just make sure that you're you're helping out and eating good food, not get, not getting in the way and eating good, as that would that would put a put a crimp in the balance of the universe. There, hey, that yes, it would. the kit the uh, expansion of the hand, handle on science and the kit program is just really that's yes, going to be a great thing. And uh, Robert and Libby and I were doing uh, workshops and uh, programs all day yesterday. You guys blasted off at f- like four 
four, one minute after four o'clock yesterday and made yeah. your way down. Uh, I, I just wanted to give a special, uh, uh, well, as Sarah Palin says, a shout out. Shout, Shout out, out to yeah. the uh, to the really really nice uh, group of students who came up from uh, from the Fairmont area. Sixth graders uh, came up on the bus and jumped off, and we we collected leaves and extracted colors and did chromatography. It all was kinds so much of fun. It really was fun, and it was uh, great. Uh, for me, one of the exciting things was that we. Uh, we found a big clump of knotweed that was deciding to leap up, and we extracted a bunch of knotweed extract. And it's—I uh, it, left it in the laboratory. It was starting to—I uh, <laughs> don't know—starting to glow. Found, we found some interesting things out. So uh, those students that came up, we we did mention to them that uh, we hope they could be listening into Radio Science News. I wanted to, you know, say how much we enjoyed them visiting. And we Absolutely. had a whole group, whole group of really fun homeschool kids that were in the uh, the Wheeling area. And I got to do the rocks, minerals, and fossils with the, with the younger kids. And while I, I looked in, you were doing the special theories of uh, you were doing relativity. Yes, uh, I was. And uh, I I would looked in and I saw glazed eyes, but that was just you. So no, <laughs> no, the kids the kids looked like they were into it. And uh, at my side, I had so many uh, kids in dinosaurs. Uh, we we're looking at fossils, and we made a couple fossils and looked at rocks and minerals, but. Uh, they all had just you know big reams of paper so they could draw pictures and and uh, sketches of the dinosaurs and the fossils and it was just a, a lot of fun. It was almost like being in a, a Jurassic Park, yes, yeah. but better. And the reason yeah, why I, I mentioned that, I, uh, I I I I just wanted to to mention that the the, the reason that that uh, teacher from Fairmont uh uh I I, I came uh, several years ago and has been bringing her sixth grade class and her her. Uh, other sixth grade class um, each year is that uh, oh, we saw her at the West Virginia Science Teachers Association conference, right? And uh, just 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 want to mention uh, so, so that uh, the the folks at the station there know, and in in, in case we get uh, into our our saying here, and we we, we tend to forget that uh, next week uh, both Richard and I are going to be. Um, in 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 Morgantown at the West Virginia Science Teacher Association conference, so uh, we'll be streaming live from downtown Morgantown. It will be exciting. It, it yes, it will. will. Uh, all right, so we're just going to wait for some calls. I'm going to go quickly through the scratch pad of science that I always Fabulous. put online, and uh, I, I've already given out some phone numbers. Uh, I probably should turn on my uh, instant messenger because we. One of the things we're always doing here is pushing the envelope of uh, radio science. Absolutely. Sometimes we push it right off the table, and it's it's <laughs> under the desk for a week. But uh, besides calling us at the 232-8255 number or the toll-free 1-866-926-8255 number or the Altel cell phone, pound 1370, I'm also set up to uh, accept you know, I'm I'm in, you can IM me instant messaging AOL instant messaging at uh, just Radio Science News, and uh, before before I jump into the list of things, we're going to take a caller. Uh, good morning, oh, You're, you are on Radio Science News. Welcome. What's good about it? I'll tell you what's good about it. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, it's not. It's actually not too sunny out there right now. But you know what? This is actually the the kind of perfect fall day. It's a perfect mm-hmm. day for it's football. We actually need the rain, you know that? Well, that's true. We're desperately, you know, out here in the country, we need the rain. Well, and uh, I know that I desperately have a small leak in my roof, and I desperately need the rain to find out where it is again so that I can hope to fix it. 
No, it's not too bad, but no. we'll I work it I out. I won't get up there and check and see where it is either. Hey, I well, that's the thing. Uh, it, in earlier days, I kind of liked to do that, but you know, I, yeah. I might uh, I might make sure I have a little uh, either a large parachute or uh, Robert and I could generate a helium a large uh, you know helium balloon or some hydrogen better even better. That's but, a uh, great idea. Hey, I hear some birds in the background. Oh yeah, that's what I'm, I got nine birds. I thought you knew that. No. Well, I knew yeah. you had a couple of birds, but when but but <laughs> nine birds. Them. I've got uh, two that are sixteen years old. Wow! See, I yeah. immediately think of uh, Alfred Hitchcock when I uh, when I hear that many birds in the background. <laughs> well, actually, these these birds are pretty basically tame. But uh, if they, if a stranger came in that they didn't know, they would you know they would flutter around and try to scare the well that's feller that comes in you know. Well, that's really good. I mean, that's that's kind of. Uh, I mean, it's much better than having. A lot of people have animals that will uh, alert you. Like my my puppy always alerts me when the UPS truck is within four miles. Isn't that strange <laughs> how they know that? Oh, they can tell the difference between. They can tell when your engine is out of timing. They they're really good at that. That's weird, isn't it? It is. So but anyway, um, I actually when you were talking about balloons, yeah, that's actually why I called, and I thought. Psychic or well, what? we are psychic, but we don't say that on air because people oh, would it would diminish that. it would diminish the scientific credibility of what we yes. say. Then I have to ask you: Will I win the lottery? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can answer that. No, you won't. Oh, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Robert. So you have a well, question? The, well, the, 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 the reason is, Barb. I mean, uh, there's there's a there's a chance that oh, you will I've win the lottery. Yeah, but there daddy. is so much greater chance that you will not. By lightning, I know, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. I knew so, that one was coming. <laughs> tell me your question about the balloons. Did you that was... happen to see David Letterman? Uh, did I have the not seen it? Kids. No. You didn't see the science kids on there. Oh, I didn't see that. Tell, so they had some science kids on David Letterman, and uh, those are always cute, I have to say. Yeah, maybe some of the kids are, I don't guess they were up that late, but... They had, um, uh, and I didn't get the just of it, and that's what I was going to ask you guys to see if you would explain what the deal was. He had, he had balloon, he had two balloons. Okay. One was filled with um, helium. All right. And the other one was filled with uh, hydrogen. Okay. And uh, he had um, David blow him up. They, I didn't get the gist of the whole thing, the whole experiment. Now, here's my question. So after, did he, like, inhale some of the stuff and then talk with a really high, squeaky voice? You know, I didn't actually notice. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> well, his you know, voice, like it, it might sound the same the morning, all the time. <laughs> and I had just gotten through watching Mr. Obama, President Obama's speech, and I was sort uh-huh. of, you know, keyed up from that. I was ready to go to bed, and and, and I'm like, here, here I am sitting here watching kids blow up a balloon. Well, here's the thing that I think is good. Thinking about you guys. That, that was my point exactly. I knew that's what you were going to say. Uh-huh. That that because you are aware of science, when you saw this science story coming up, I, just as I do, I do, I thought, well, I was getting ready to go to sleep, but if it's going to be about something interesting in science, I would probably watch it too. Really? Well, sure. That's I, why I did. Actually, the first kid had uh, three different sized balloons. That he used a hair dryer, put the hair dryer on, and he put like a, a small ball, I guess oh. it's like a tennis ball, 
I recognize this. And I'm going to tell you exactly what they were doing because uh, I actually saw Robert do this within the past couple of weeks. Oh. One of the really fun things, and you know what, Barb, since mm. since you saw this, uh, you can try this. This I'm is one of those things. I want to get an autographed picture of your new book. I absolutely, as soon All as it right. comes out. But here's what I'm going to tell you that you can do. This is one of the really fun science things that you can do that that describes and helps. Uh, illustrate the Bernoulli, the Bernoulli principle. Yes. Because of uh, because a typical hair dryer is actually a great scientific piece of equipment, if you put your, high, your hair dryer on, you know, use cool so that you're not using, not heating up the thing, but you put it on the as much air as it can blow out, uh-huh. uh, if you aim it straight up in the air and put a ping pong ball in that stream of air, mm-hmm. it will sit there in that stream of air at some, you know, point above it. And it won't it won't deviate or fall out of that. You can even tilt it several degrees, and that's what's really fun. Yeah. And it stays different sizes. Right now, here's the thing: what you can do is, depending on the power of your hair dryer, and uh, you know some hair dryers are so powerful, or even some leaf blowers, and that's what Robert actually ends up using at the end of the demo. You can suspend several different balls or balloons above that, and they'll just stay in a column right above. And, and because of the—we don't want to get into the whole Bernoulli principle thing here, but they will stay contained within that stream. And you can even tilt the thing over, and it looks like they should fall out, but they don't. So this is one of those things. You literally should try this if you have, like, a ping-pong ball or a balloon. I don't have any balloons, Robert. I just—I'm not— I don't have any kids around my house. Maybe one of these birds. What do you think, Robert? Put one of the birds in. No, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a good idea. No, I don't guess I don't think that would work, you know. The bird would go crazy for one thing. What really works is uh like a small beach ball. Yeah. Uh, a, like a balloon, a ping pong ball, and maybe yeah, like a small, have a beach, small ball. beach ball. Around. Well, I'll okay. tell you what. Try this, and and then uh, let us know later how it worked out. I I'd think you'll find it fun. I'm looking in the creek and see if I could find you know, the beach ball. <laughs> They could come floating by there any time. You never know what you'd find at Fish Creek. We've got a few alligators out here. You well, know? that's what I like about Fish Creek. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. It sounds like the beginning of a movie, you'll never know. Yeah. Well, that could be your next book. All right. Well, Barb, thank you for calling. Okay. Appreciate bye-bye. your input there. That That is uh, one of the things that often happens. Uh, Letterman and uh, Leno are always having the the cute science kids on. So, yeah. And generally, I, I really like that a lot better than when they have the uh, the blow them up exploding uh, wacky science guy on. Because I, I, as much fun as that usually is, I, it, I don't think it's nearly as instructive or uh, no, inspiring. No. And and uh, and I I I love the, the the fact that she noticed that that the uh, that, that the science equipment was 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 very easy. Stuff. Right. It's not like you've got to go out and buy something special for that. Well, and I do. I love the thing that things that you can do with a hair dryer. That's really good. Yeah. Well, let me run through while we're waiting. Hopefully, for another call Let's in at uh, Radio Science News Talk Radio thirteen seventy WVLY two three two eight two five five or one eight six six nine two six. Eight two five five. I'm going to read through our scratch pad O science. Uh, most of the folks who are who are familiar with this show know that we put up this scratch pad of topics. Uh, the easiest way to get to it is to go directly to radiosciencenews.org, radiosciencenews, one word, dot org. You can also link, we'd love to have you link from the uh, the West Liberty State College Smart Center webpage, which is smartcenter.org. 
because uh, there's some really cool, interesting stuff there. There's a really super weather thing. You can track the latest earthquakes. You can look at sunspots. There's, I mean, there's more than you could imagine just on yeah. that page. But they both link to the uh, Radio Science News. There's a little rainbow uh, logo and the words. You, you click on that, and it takes you to the scratch pad of science. And actually, Robert, I was going to mention to you that— uh, Besides what we have as our topics, it's always good for folks to look around at. Uh, we have a, thing, a link to where the space station and other visible satellites and things are, Absolutely. bird cams. One of my favorite things that I put on a while back, if you're looking at the scratch pad of science, there's a thing I have called the Top 15. And it's a great link from National Geographic's website that kind of lists the top 15 stories in science, nature, uh, technology that were you know, in, in the past couple of weeks. Those are always fun, and sometimes we actually include those. But uh, the biggest thing that I, I was hoping we could talk about today, Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton died this uh, past week or so at, at the age yeah. of 66 after a long bat, bout with cancer. And uh, so I was hoping uh, I have a link just to Michael Crichton, uh, some of this information about him uh, on Wikipedia. But then I have another link to his top ten movies, and it's kind of really fun. If if folks who are Michael Crichton fans would uh, like to, we'll talk about what some of those movies were in a second. And uh, the then I have one link to State of Fear, which is one of the real controversial, more recent things that uh, Crichton did, where he took great criticism for kind of coming out against global warming or doing it in a way that, that kind of ticked off a lot of scientists. Yeah, The critics were not happy. Uh, I have a link to Dimmer Power. You may recall last week, if you were listening, and in fact the caller may be out there, we talked about the, uh, the issue of if you put dimmers in your circuit to uh, dim the lights in your house, uh, how does that affect, does it increase the, the power used or decrease it? So we have sort of the definitive answer. A uh, story that someone sent us, uh, our good friend Ray Bradstrom sent a story about the X-ray strip search. And I thought, what the? I mean, in fact, I did say that out loud. I said, what the? It turns out that the whole European uh, deployment of what what is kind of a, as Robert pointed out to me, a soft X-raying of your entire body from three different directions uh, and uh, basically gives an image of, uh, of you in, the, in, the, in, in all of your uh, splendor. Mm-hmm. has been uh, banned for a couple of reasons, some some good and some even better. Uh, I have a, one of the things that's exciting right here in Wheeling as I came in, I saw them putting up the Christmas lights out on Main Street. And uh, I have a story about the uh, the Ogilvy Festival of Lights, Robert, going green. We've, yeah. we've talked about this for multiple years, and been, we've been very pleased to see that, the, that for whatever reasons, uh, they are doing this. They they have, uh, I think, been compelled by just good uh, sense and uh, the bottom line and other things to to make the Festival of Lights greener and greener each year. So I have a link to an article there. Yeah, I, you know what? I, 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 I don't know if we've, if we've got much to do with that or, as you said, if, if, uh, if just the, the, the bottom line and good sense had, uh, had, had, had actually come out. But I, I know that I've been talking to representatives of the uh, – of the the festival of lights now for probably four or five years, and saying that uh, the the first time that I talked to them, they had no idea do do what an LED light was, and I went through the whole spiel that we have gone over multiple times on Radio Science News, and the second time that that I did my little spiel, there was a a, a, a definite uh, a glimmer of of hey this is not a bad idea, and I have not heard anything from them since. So so it looks like that they've adopted That's that. That's great. Yeah. Well, or whether through us, or whether uh, just the the wave of 
of um, of uh, wonderful information. But uh, I'm just just real excited that they're doing that. Yeah, and, and I think one of the one of the things about just as you mentioned, uh, you know, this this I want to say coincidence. You decide. <laughs> That's in reference to a play we just saw recently, but. Uh, in in some ways, it's just it's gratifying to see that uh, that the information is finally making a difference. Yeah. And, and sometimes it really doesn't make to me. I am very happy to have people come to this decision based on almost purely monetary uh, considerations. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Once you understand that that the LED lights not only look great but uh, last years and years and years longer at the same time using like maybe one twentieth of the the normal amount of electricity. Then it's easy. It's it's great to be able to make that decision based on you know hard facts rather than Certainly. just I think this is a good idea. And so I'm absolutely thrilled about that. Yeah. The um just since since we're talking about it uh, just for a moment, um uh one of the things that that uh, that I'm excited about with 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 the LED Christmas lights is that uh, as these as as these become uh, used more and more uh, for uh, trees. Uh, the 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 number of Christmas tree fires is going to go down. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it so it, it stops it, global it, warming on many scales. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and uh, let me just I just want to read a brief thing sure. from the. Uh, this was posted October nineteenth, two thousand eight. Uh, I, I think it was probably in our local paper. But Wheeling Park Commission officials say the energy savings light emitting diode LED lights will be used on all the new displays. So this shows another thing. One of the great ways to uh, to in, to deploy technology is by attrition. If if your old lights burn out, right. you know nobody is saying, "Oh, go out and, and throw everything away that you have." A, a practical thing to do is that just as something new comes online, you you actually incorporate you know the new technology. Now, the LED right. lights use something like eighty five percent less energy tr- than traditional bulbs and last at least five times longer, ensuring the festival lights will continue to glow for years to come. So. Uh, when you when you do the Festival of Lights tour, make a make a point of uh, pointing out to the folks that you you appreciate what they've done there. Uh, anytime something cool like that happens, and when I say cool, the other factor is these things make pure light and not a bunch of wasted heat. So, right. in the spirit of that, I've actually included a link to LED Christmas on our website, which takes you to a. I thought this was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, this was one of many sites, and I'm not. I'm certainly not advocating that you would buy or order stuff just from this particular website. But when you get a look at the kind of stuff that's available, these guys have finally uh, done something that Robert and I kind of noticed they were missing years ago. Uh, what they need to do is have stuff that just replaces what you already have. Right. So, like on a particular Christmas tree, here's the uh, C7, C9, and G20 LED retrofits. These are these will just fit into the the typical. If you have a Christmas tree light from the 50s, you know one that has the old. These sockets are the same. These guys went. Wait a minute! I have a bright idea, and a little LED light lit up over their head. <laughs> they decided that rather than having all kinds of new, you know, little mini sockets and things like that. The easiest thing to do was to create LED lights that screw into your existing, uh, you know, some people, uh, I'm picturing the Chevy Chase movie where the house is all lit up. Hey, if you already have a whole bunch of light sockets, the worst thing, and a lot of times people, well, especially, I'm going to say especially in some neighborhoods, the lights are just left up all year. You just turn them on or turn them off. <laughs> That's right. uh, and, and I'm not naming names here. but Oh, good. But, but in this case, all you would have to do would be to replace the existing old-style lights that you have with the LEDs using the absolute same sockets and, uh, you know, wiring that you have. 
and uh, people would uh, flock to your house and and laud you for your for your green Christmas you know technology. So I have a link to the the link that I put up is just that when the page comes up, it's astounding to see how many how many things there are now. You can buy like hundreds of feet of. Uh, of LED rope lights where the lights yeah. are actually within a plastic thing and you can string them all around. No bulb replacement for 10 years. And I know, some, years. Of, I know some of you men out there will go, well, that sounds what? good. <laughs> Don't have to take the uh, the bulbs up and down all every time. Anyway, that's a, this is something I just wanted to – we included this as a public service, right, Robert? Absolutely. And it's on the scratch pad of science. Uh, so uh, the last couple things I wanted to mention – a uh, the Indian moon probe the 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 country of India has launched a really really uh, well it's a really cool project because they're going to at fairly high resolution be mapping the moon in you know kind of a big 3D some of the best uh, well the resolutions I think are going to end up being about uh, I want to say 30 you know t- uh, whether it was a 10 meter or a 5 meter resolution I'm not sure somewhere Let's down see. in the story Let me see I I I re- Remember reading it, and I also remember uh, when I when I went on to the uh, to 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 the first images. Uh, uh, they were images of the Earth, yeah. And the the images of the Earth were were much lower resolution than what's going to be of the Moon. I think just because of distance. Right. But uh, there was one. Oh, I hear there. Um, th- well, let me back up. You must have um, the scratch pad the, of uh, science at your disposal. Yeah. The uh, the second the second image um, on that. Uh, the, the first images uh, says camera takes black and white images at a resolution of 5M. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking at uh, 16, 17 feet uh, resolution for uh, for the Earth and the, the moon. And, 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 of course, it's going to be, uh, be, be orbiting the moon at much uh, 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 closer distances. And so I'm not sure what the resolution uh, of their, 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 their lunar 3D atlas is 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 going to be but uh it's going to be at least uh, a a a a a 3 to 5 a meter resolution which is really good. Yeah, that's going to well it's 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 a step way above everything else. Let me give out Absolutely. the phone numbers one more time and let people know that you're listening to uh Robert Strong from uh now where are you exactly? Are you in Huntington or Charleston? I am in Charleston. In okay. fact, I am at a uh, a a a local school here. Uh one of the the folks in charge here used to be a school teacher. And uh, so uh, she was able to talk to the to the nice folks down down here in Charleston for us to utilize this 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 school. It's a beautiful school, and we're just here having all of our meetings and everything. And and they were nice enough to uh, schedule me so that I wouldn't have anything from eleven oh five to noon today. Well, tremendous. So Robert Strong yeah. is down in Charleston, West Virginia, and and I, Richard Pollock, am in Wheeling, West Virginia, and uh, you folks all know where you are. And this is Radio Science News. This is our, uh, gosh, I don't even remember which. This, this is the 300 and... This is the 100 and... 100. And, oh, oh, this, is, this is episode number 135. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for the three. 135. Wow. That's a... And this is without uh, missing an app. We've done Not this Saturday one. after Saturday until we've... Uh, until we've completely covered all the science, and then we'll just, we're just going to quit. But Radio <laughs> Science News on Talk Radio 1370 WVLY, and uh, you can reach me, uh, instant message me at uh, Radio Science News. You can actually Skype me, but uh, I'm, I may or may not click that up because I've got 19 things going on on the computer. The numbers locally are 232-8255, 232-8255, and toll-free, one eight six six nine two six eight two five five, and we'd love to have you join Radio Science News. 
Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about Michael Crichton. Yes, please. And uh, first of all, the uh, it, it just was sad news that I, I think the very first the very first thing I I saw from Michael Crichton was uh, the Andromeda the yes, Andromeda strain. I, 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 I just want to say I, I was a, a secondary school student. I think I was a a, a sophomore. And this was like 1973, and um, I re- remember as a, a, a treat, uh, the uh, the gentleman that was in in charge of my school rounded up a, a, a bunch of people that were interested in science and said, uh, "Your your classes uh, for the rest of the, the 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 day have been have have been expunged." Um, uh, there's a there's a, a special showing of this really neat science fiction movie that I think all of you should go see. And uh, so we loaded up in a van and we went to go to to, to go see the Andromeda Strain. And the special effects and the the, the plot and uh, the uh, the characters and the you know use of electron microscopes and all this just really cool stuff just blew me away. Well, and I, I think that one of the things that that's exciting. Uh, I know that you are, and I also am a big fan of uh, science fiction stories and books. And I, I and I kind of knew of Michael Crichton from you know books before he got his first big you know movie treatment. And uh, and, and it's always great to uh, if you've read the book first. I think the movies are always better. And then yeah. then sometimes you're you're concerned because they may have missed some of the better points. But uh, if if you go to the first Michael Crichton link, which is on. Uh, it's actually a Wikipedia thing. You can actually go through, and they have fairly long, uh, you know, plot lines from some of the movies. And and as I as I read through the plot the plot line for Andromeda Strain, it was uh, I was impressed with how many different elements it had. Uh, you had the you know the possible uh, a, a satellite that may have collided with a meteor that contained precursors or some sort of an alien disease. Uh, it just went on and on. It was yeah. really good, but. Uh, now, the second link that I have on the Scratchpad of Science, one of the things I would love to have folks do, if you have a favorite Michael Crichton movie uh, and you want to you know, call in and just uh, mention something about it, this is kind of our way of, of uh, you know, reminiscing over the fact that uh, here's a guy who, who had his degree in medicine and then decided to become a, uh, uh, you know, a science fiction writer and a, mm-hmm. and a uh, you know, finally screen, screenwriter. But let me list – I'm going to – give you the top 10 according to this one list of of the movies and there's a little quick blurb first of all they just say number one of all time was jurassic park which came out in 1993 and it was like what else could be number one Uh, and i will i will tell you that if you go on to this particular thing uh they have the original trailer for uh jurassic park and uh i don't want to set it and play it because it it takes a little while here but i have to tell you it, it just reminded me I mean, just think where were you in 1993, which is just a few years ago, to uh, to pl- go online and play this trailer from YouTube. Well, it'll give you a chuckle because, uh, I mean, everybody has their favorite parts of Jurassic Park. And then as as Robert was mentioning yesterday, Jurassic Park 1, 2, 3, I- I'm not even sure where they are now. But <laughs> the first one was really exciting because it, yep. uh, yes, it, was. it, and it threw out a bunch of concepts that uh, are still happening today. Uh, we did a story just last week about uh, the cloning of mice from some frozen mice. And, and the techniques were, uh, in the very story that, that showed up last week, they discussed that this whole concept of, like, extracting DNA from either mammoths or, or amber and all that sort of thing was, was one probably first 
you know, widely portrayed in this Michael Crichton movie, Jurassic Park. So now the next one was one that I read as a book first, The Thirteenth Warrior in 1999, based on his novel Eaters of the Dead. And that's I had read seen the book before this movie came out. This underrated action pick featured Antonio Banderas and a whole bunch of Vikings. And that's that sums it up. But it Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in Crichton, you know, apparently, you know, had a lot to do with shooting. They did a bunch of reshoots to make it even better. Uh, this is one of my son's favorite movies, and and I got to tell you, the Thirteenth Warrior. If you look at it multiple times, you see it grows on you because of the yeah, detail and and uh, the you know, interesting uh, storyline. Twister. Everybody remembers the movie Twister, nineteen ninety six. The uh, original screenplay written by Crichton for the uh, director of Speed, Jean de Bont. and and I love the, what they say: stupid fun. <laughs> <laughs> Twister was pretty exciting, and and you'll remember the great special effects of the uh, tornadoes going through. Uh, number four of all time movies was the Andromeda Strain, nineteen seventy one, which also shows, you know, how long this was his first big uh, his first novel to get the big screen treatment, as they say. Yeah, yeah. You, to 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 imagine the the range that that, uh, that 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 Michael Crichton had. I mean, it's not like he just had three or four films uh, in a five or six year range. Um, you know, he's been he'd he'd been writing uh, uh, books uh, uh, since he was essentially right out of college, uh, and then you know he's got movie after movie, and just it's 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 just an amazing loss. Well, and it is it's it's a rich variety too. Now the next one that they list is the number five was Westworld, nineteen seventy three. His okay. first attempt at redirecting a Hollywood film. Robots go haywire at an amusement park for the rich. And yes, if that plot sounds familiar, the Simpsons parodied they did a parody on the Simpsons <laughs> recently for their itchy and scratchy land episode, a remake. Oh, the itchy and scratchy land. A remake is they're they're actually going to remake this yet again. If and if I'm not mistaken, was Yul Brynner the robot? Yes. Yeah, now, now Wade is, uh, he, he's recognizing this one, too. That was uh, one of Yul Brynner's last things that he was in. Uh, uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I remember him as the cowboy. Wasn't he like the fast draw guy that went crazy? Yep. Oh, that was, uh, okay, number six, great fun. Uh, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. It's not as good as the original, but. Now, uh, is, is Lost World uh, the, the third in the Jurassic Park uh, series? Boy, I'm not sure. I think it is. I'm not sure, yeah. And yeah. uh, and and the, the, I love the review here. The movie proved that there is there is such a thing as too much Jeff Goldblum. So, <laughs> so Jeff, I'm, I don't know if you're listening out there, but uh, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> uh, the number seven all time uh, uh, Crichton movie was Rising Sun, which was a really good. Uh, uh, East meets West as Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery team up to try and solve the murder of an American woman found dead in the offices of a Japanese company. Well, that sounds like a play we just saw recently, too. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Sphere. Uh, the book, I think, was much better than the movie. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I, I, as, uh, um, even though there were some some really good actors yeah. uh, in, 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 in Sphere, they were not uh, able to, 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 to make the film. Well, and I think that part of what they relied on was uh, you know the idea of relying on the really good actors, Dustin. I mean, Dustin Hoffman, Sam Jackson, Sharon Stone. Yeah. Uh, but they were. I don't think they were used well. And, and no. I'm also thinking no. of Dustin Hoffman, who uh, who also came out in a movie called The Hot Zone later, which was to me was almost like a remake of Andromeda Strain. Thought mm-hmm. that was yeah. interesting. Another another one, number nine, Congo, which I read as a book and it was way way better as a a book than as a movie was uh it says okay we're running out of movies at this point the gorilla who could communicate with humans was cool but the gorilla costume is not so good they like yeah. tim curry 
uh, that one was a real neat movie because it had to do with blue diamonds and a bunch of interesting things and and uh, some gorillas who somehow had their intelligence boosted so they could guard this source of blue diamonds. Very interesting. And the last yep. one, uh, Timeline, that's one of the more recent ones. Uh, that one was a little, I don't know, I, I it was uh, kind of like... Uh, a uh, uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court yes. uh, yeah. redone yeah. with, uh, you know, currently favored actors. And I, I didn't find it to be really good, but it, w- it wasn't bad. The review, this reviewer said, I couldn't finish this one. So the top 10, uh, if anybody wants to talk about their top 10 Michael Crichton movies, uh, That's funny. They, they can, uh, you know, they can join in here. We'd be happy to discuss it with them. So anyway, yeah. we, we will miss, uh, boy, this past year we lost Arthur C. Clarke, died not that long ago probably one of the other great visionaries in in terms of having written excellent science-based science fiction that right. was turned into uh to movies that you know generally good of course anytime something is turned into a movie uh Arthur C Clarke we actually heard him say himself that uh that uh, Spielberg or whoever whoever had uh you know done his movies had uh not not done well I guess Spiel the one that he didn't like uh, he's most famous for 2001: Space Odyssey and those, that, but uh, the uh, the the one that dealt with uh, near Earth objects crashing into the Spielberg did uh, whichever one of the asteroid movies that was. Uh, Arthur Arthur C. Clarke said that uh, that he wasn't so happy that they hadn't used any particular element from his book. But he was laughing all the way to the bank. So exactly. I guess if you if you have Spielberg <laughs> buy your mo- your book for a screenplay and make the movie, you probably come out pretty well anyway. Yeah, it is okay, right? Uh, so so Michael Crichton, uh, you know, did a lot of great things. Most of you probably are familiar with ER, which is the long running TV show that that was based on the fact that Michael Crichton was originally a doctor, a right. you know physician, and he took he took that uh, that you know medical knowledge and and cranked out one of the very best which was the andromeda strain uh at that time i mean when you think of of quintessential science fiction movies that could be possible you know we're still we're still in the realm of what he was talking about the the original part of the original plot in andromeda strain was that uh you know whatever had happened to cause this particular organism from space or wherever to to get here the first guys who were looking at it were not the doctors or any of these other folks. It was the military. They were looking at ways yeah. to, uh, you know. So not not that that's still going on, but uh, it could be. But I did want to take a second because uh, uh, my good friend and son-in-law, Andy, <laughs> and I had a discussion about Michael Crichton, and he was still pretty steamed about uh, Michael Crichton's uh, book. Prey? Uh, well, no, not Prey. Uh, Prey is one of the latest books. And is that out as a movie, or is it coming out as a movie? I'm not sure. I don't know. The one that got Michael Crichton the greatest amount of criticism was State of Fear. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, State of Fear came out uh, not too many years ago, and... uh, I'm just going to read you a quick blurb, uh, criticism of uh, State of Fear. This novel received criticism from climate scientists, science journalists, and environmental groups for inaccuracies and misleading information. Uh, 16 of 18 top U.S. climate scientists interviewed by Knight Ritter said the author was bending scientific data and distorting research. Several scientists whose research had been referenced in the novel stated that Crichton had distorted it in the novel. Peter Doran, a leading author of uh, The Nature Paper, wrote in the New York Times, Our results have been misused as, quote, evidence against global warming by Michael Crichton in his novel, State of Fear. 
So uh, there were lots and lots of people who who just couldn't believe. I mean, they were. It was almost like, what's going on with this guy? Because the the preponderance, even though he he has a forward, he actually added some of this, these things later. Uh, that it's most important to continue researching. And uh, and I'm not so sure he was wrong in taking the stance that, hey, we don't know for sure what's going on. But but most people generally agree that uh, an awful lot of, of what happened with this book was that other folks, including the, you know, the administrations who were in charge or or should have been in charge of these, these issues of climate change, were, were pointing at it as saying, well, see, this just shows that we're not really sure and that maybe it's not happening. So that's the one place I wanted to, you know, being uh, not that Radio Science News will ever reach the uh, the levels of, of Fox News, but we want to be fair and balanced. <laughs> and I didn't even say which direction we would be hey, heading to hey, reach those levels. Uh, you know what? I I, uh, I, I, I didn't didn't want to mention this, but uh, but being that you mentioned Fox News, as as uh, as, as I was 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 uh, was having breakfast this morning. Um, uh, uh, in the the place that we stayed, uh, you know, all, all the the, the the folks are eating the the the, the little continental breakfast, and I'm having my 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 seventh waffle, and um, and I'm watching Fox News because I can't uh, uh, change the channel. Well, you weren't going to leave the waffles to uh, no. go somewhere else. So, I wouldn't. So, so, so I'm sitting there eating my my waffles and my my donuts and and on all the good good stuff that I usually have for breakfast, and uh, and and Fox News is on, and on Fox News, and I. I I, the reason I'm saying this is that uh, that, that Rich and I have, have have watched Fox News before, and, and there are some some interesting, funny things that occur. Uh, the uh, the topic that was on this morning at like 7:15 um, a.m. was something like uh, uh, did the uh, Oprah oh, 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 Winfrey effect um, um, have that much effect on on the uh, the um, outcome? Okay, so this the, is this is the, statistics. Uh, the, the the little election that we just had, right? Well, okay. So on the bottom of the screen, it's not like they're trying to save save space. They spelled election, E L E X. The elex, the elex. Elex, and the interesting thing was that they spelled everything else normally, but uh, it it you know they were trying to be cutesy, I guess, uh, in that. I would would imagine that that if you were to to text somebody that the uh, text shorthand for election is E L E X, and frankly, um, you know, I'm I'm sitting here with a with a bunch of school teachers this morning as we're as we're uh, uh, sitting down and preparing for for things, and so one of them had mentioned that that she had seen the uh, the Fox radio this morning at the place that she's staying, and said, "What was up with that?" She said, "You know, she's struggling against trying to." Uh, you know, when students are turning in their 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 papers and and their their assignments and so forth, they they tend to be 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 writing in this you know in this shorthand. Oh yeah, that, text that messaging is is, is 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 fine if that's what you know if you're texting somebody. But uh, you know, I I just just found it rather appalling that that Fox News was using uh, 
a texting shorthand for their news. Well, they are, they're trying to reach that uh, the younger crowd. Hey, and I just will mention, I because I can see a scientific linkage here, statistical analysis, one of the yeah. things that I found really fascinating was that when they did a complete statistical analysis breakdown of the Obama vote in this election— a lot of people have had said, "Well, it's important we ha- that it's important that the youth vote. It's important that the you know the Hispanic vote you know is there." It, what they basically found was that it was so across the board that if you chose to remove literally the, the example I would give, since we don't want to spend too much time on this, was that if you actually removed the entire youth vote, it, he still won because it was across the board, and a lot of the. A lot of the kind of uh, stuff that people had predicted, well, if, if you know, whatever, uh, blue-collar, white blue-collar workers would, each one of those things, of course, had, a, you know, an effect. But oh, the absolutely. idea that one of them, or that you could target one group and really work it hard, like, uh, you know, has been done in, in elections in the past, right. statistically, it showed that that would not have worked. So that was, that was I found that to be really interesting. Good. Wow. So, uh, okay. Hey, I have to talk about the, uh, the dimmer. Yeah, dimmer please. power... We had a wonderful call last week from someone, and, and part of what I found interesting was in researching this whole issue of the dimmer. And let me just give you a quick rundown of what the question was. Uh, the, the caller had said, does a dimmer switch, you know, known as a rheostat, uh, on a light reduce power consumption? Or he was more of the thought that not only does it not reduce it, but you may actually be, you know, using up more power and fooling yourself. And the thing that was interesting, uh, and I, I would point folks to, I'm just going to read a little bit of the of the uh, you know, the source that I that I I used here. Uh, Yahoo Answers is a real interesting place, and they have under science, mathematics, engineering. They what they do is they post a question, and then after a period of time, they they give the best answer. So here's the question: Does a dimmer switch on a light reduce power consumption? Will installing a dimmer switch reduce my electric bill? Uh, the best answer is. Uh, is yes, providing you are comparing it to operating the light at full intensity. A dimmer reduces the power output of the light and therefore allows you to use less power when you don't want as much light. Many ill-informed people will claim that dimmers don't actually save power consumption because it converts it all to heat in its resistive windings. This is a myth. And they are not engineers. At least they shouldn't be. The truth <laughs> is, be. <laughs> yeah, the truth is that the heat generated by a rheostat is a fraction of the amount of energy actually being attenuated. The heat is generated simply due to the fact that real rheostats are not perfect devices and suffer some real-world energy loss. And that's kind of what we were saying last week. Right. Think about it. You have a light bulb that's burning well over 200 degrees Fahrenheit. If you were really putting the dimmer device on and that changes all the power to heat, your dimmer would get blazing hot, wouldn't it? Does a rheostat get that hot? Nope. Not even the old-style dimmers. The new solid-state dimmers are even more efficient and incur even less power loss. A rheostat reduces the current flow across the the appliance, reducing the power consumed by the system, period. Good. Now, that's, and, that, and, and the thing exactly is, right. the, the thing that was interesting is that's the best answer, and then, you know, you can kind of look through some of the others, but... Uh, You'll you'll run into some of the myths again, you know. Well, but the newer, the older, the old carbon plate right. resistance, and uh, now the the one place where there is a, a caveat on the way the question is asked is if you have, and you will notice that a lot of the, the I'm even thinking of the old style dimmers. If you're running your lights at full power, in other words, you're not trying to dim them, right? And you have the dimmer circuitry in there because yeah. of that slight inefficiency, technically. 
it will you're using a slight slightly more electricity if it's on you know full brightness sure but almost every dimmer circuit i've seen you're you click it you know it pushes the inner it, they typically rotate and has a click where you push and it comes on or off so so to uh well, just to make folks feel better, if they if they had answered in the the uh, the beer drinking game at their local bar, that it uses more <laughs> power. If you have a bulb on at full brightness and you have a dimmer circuit in that circuit at full brightness, well, you're just adding another inefficiency, very, though very slight, and it will use slightly more electricity. But of course, that's it's more than made up for by the fact that almost every dimmer has an on off. So you don't even, if you're on full brightness, you don't even put it in the circuit. And uh, the amount that you save by reducing the power across the bulb is just that. It, as the guy said, period. You will save energy. So, anyway, I hope we answered that uh, that guy's call. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was hoping I was hoping he was going to call back in, and we could. Uh, but that, but I'm sure he's out there listening in the dim light of his room. All right, <laughs> I've got uh, I've got information from uh, the uh, from the ace. Engineer Wade across here. That uh, just about one minute from now, we're going to be wow. we're going to be cutting away for. Hey, what football game we got going today? Ohio State at Minnesota. Is that at Minnesota? Did I hear that? So I should take a sweater if I'm going right. And Robert, you'll be happy to hear this. I'm actually heading up to uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania today uh, to look at uh, to visit Seton Hill University because of a oh. particular program that somebody I know is interested in. Excellent. Uh, and and you know what's wonderful. It turns out that it's a it's an away game for West Liberty. Oh, so I I'll, I'll be in the same town when West Liberty is playing the football game. You're not going to ask me if I'll be at the stadium in the short no. time we have left, of course. No. no All right. I so uh, so uh, it we're going to be heading out. Uh, we welcome you to come back next week to Radio Science News, and uh, you know join us as always eleven o'clock in the morning on Saturdays.